Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's Nick. You can find us at hypercleanstore.com or go to the Hyperclean Specialist Group on Facebook. We'll be sharing more. It's been coming out of there. The post that we want to share, I'll get into here in a second. Before we do, Nick, I'm diving into round two. Canteen Spirits this is the lime vodka soda edition. I took some home the other day and uh, we might start stocking this. It's been so well accepted. There you go. Oh. Hey, change changing the course of uh, your household during the podcast. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe I'll get some lemonade, mix it with some vodka. Oh, turns out I got a an old fraternity brother that started a vodka brand uh, out in in California somewhere. I'm gonna try and see if I can get him to send send you some to mix with your lemonade, by guy. Hey, dude, it's uh didn't know if you knew this. I think there's like something like three or four hundred vodka brands founded every day. Seriously. Some- yeah, it's it's like one of those, you know, like tequila brands, right? So it's like the it's like there's a certain, you know, certain spirits, so to speak, are more widely tried as a venture than others. Like I didn't know this. There's a place in Indiana, I think, that makes like ninety five percent of the whiskey that you drink. It's like Indiana? a random. It's like a random warehouse and they it's not in tennessee or kentucky or exactly no people people get pissed off so i don't want to talk to over my skis because i don't know that much about whiskey but yeah it's uh it's something like that it's a pretty high number so no but uh i haven't had vodka lemonade for a while no i've had so i've had some nooners you know i've had some nooners by the pool but you know hard liquor i can get i can get way out over my skis really quick (laughs) <laughs> all right well then no vodka to you no soup for you no exactly. vodka for you all right man you buying or selling i gotta buy big weekend at my house big weekend for those who don't know i'm lactose intolerant so i can't really eat a lot of thing you know ice cream stuff like that but if i want to i can take some medication makes it all better i gotta do it before i eat it i don't know how everybody else is i've always loved a good drumstick as a uh, treat, like a turkey leg, turkey leg drumstick, <laughs> no, like you know the chocolate ice cream drumstick. So had my stepmom in town for a while. She was hanging out. She goes, "Hey, before I leave, I'm gonna let you guys know you need to try this drumstick Blizzard from DQ." And I'm like, "I hate blizzards. I always have. They don't really speak to me. I, I ice cream is tough on me. So you know, it's not it's not a, an offense to Dairy Queen." You know what I mean? It's just, I never really got to eat a lot of ice cream. So anyway, Jess is like, man, you love drumsticks. We got to try it. So, you know, she's having some cravings for some reasons. She's like Sunday night. She goes, Hey, we're going to go to Dairy Queen. So, all right, go to Dairy Queen, Marty, life-changing the drumstick blizzard. I'm buying it. I told her, I'm like, I might need to get more medication because this is so good. She goes, really? And she, you know, so she takes a bite. I take a bite. I'm like, this shit's off the hook. Like, does it, does it have the, like the, the, the crust of that drumstick in the ice cream? Oh yeah. And then the chunks of the chocolate at the bottom are in the blizzard. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to tell you, Marty. 
as not being a blizzard guy dq i'm all in like i'm all in it's wild the crazy thing is i don't know how everybody else is i don't like stuff that's super sweet like i don't like when like i don't even really like brownies brownies are like too rich too there's too much too chocolatey it's perfect dude they got it right i don't they'll probably have it for like two weeks my luck they have you know m&m blizzards for 30 years but hey i'm buying the drumstick blizzard Mm, all right dairy queen or sonic right because the sonic blast that reese's buttercup sonic blast well sonic has great food i know people are gonna be like that's crazy great burgers they got chili dogs i mean they got corn dogs Come well on. you think dq is one of the most underrated burgers oh yeah but it's not it's not a supersonic come on dude like let's not get crazy you know i love you know i love a, a good supersonic burger but yeah no it's it does have a dq does have underrated food but the one thing out here and i don't know if everybody remembers this from the mall back in the day yeah i'm gonna reference the mall orange julius is attached oh, to dairy oh, queen out here oh, oh. I love orange juice. That was you, the treat growing up, man. That was the treat to go yep, to the mall and too. get an orange Julius. Do, do you guys have them attached to Dairy Queens there? I haven't seen an orange Julius since Jesus 15 plus years. Probably. Yeah. They're, they're attached to they're They're part of a Dairy Queen. So not every one of them, but a lot of them have orange Julius. You can just order right off the DQ menu. It's just an orange Julius. Dude, they're so good. It's, it's ridiculous. That so, is one nostalgic brand that I like. How does that not ever make a reappearance, even in a flavor, even just in an ice cream flavor or a drink flavor? Like, but again, I get it, it's a cream sickle. It's yeah. similar to cream sickle. I get it, but it's just different. Different. But here's what the one thing I'll say: the reason Orange Julius was so great to me wasn't overly sweet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't like drinking a milkshake. It was like the in between between an icy and a milkshake. So it was like it wasn't as icy as an icy but it wasn't like as rich as a milkshake. So orange Julius. Yeah, dude, that's, it was crazy good. And I, like you said, that's one of those brands that has to be brought back, but out here you can get them with some dairy Queens. Hmm. All right. I'm buying also your mind comes from mine comes from a conversation, right? You know how you, you get off the phone with somebody and you just go, Ooh, okay. Like that guy was pretty intense. He was, boy, he was hungry. And so I'm buying, I'm buying that hungriness. And I remember being 23, 24, mobile detailing, like I'm ferocious throughout the day, more, 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 how many more we can do? What else can we do? We got this going on. We got this. So last week I talked to end of my week with a phone conversation. If those of you are on TikTok, most people follow a guy named Detail Dave. We had a really interesting about 45 minute conversation, sort of about his path, our journey, everything that's going on. And he... (laughs) from a dealership that his parents own is where he's working to cleaning cars out of his house. And he, he hopes to one day get a mobile unit himself, right? You just, you start to piece it together and everything he's doing online. And you just go, yeah, man, like I, I'm with you. And he, you know, he asked me questions about what it was like when I started and things. And we just had this conversation and we just go back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, yeah, yeah, man, hungry, hungry, more, more, more. And so that's, he, he got me fired up at the end of last week. And I rode that train all the way through the weekend, man. Like I love talking to people that are hungry and always ready to go get it. 
Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And and it's infectious, right? Like they're yeah. not making excuses. They're not talking about the bad stuff. They're, they're just like sharing really is what it is. They're like, Hey, this is what I think. And I also think you find that those people ask the most questions. You know, I remember, and I can still say this is the way that I am today. Uh, I think you and I, this is what people would find amazing. You know, we had a meeting before this, we have a meeting every Monday and it's a lot of you and I asking questions, you know, so that becomes like infectious to everyone else. And so when you're on the phone with somebody and you realize they're excited about what they're doing, but they're always also asking and trying to learn. That's what I think those conversations, if you've never been a part of a bunch of them, that's the healthy thing you should be looking for in conversation be pumped up about what you're doing, but also ask, Hey, I'm thinking about this. I want to do this. What do you think about that? Hey, let me bounce this idea off you. And I think a lot of people miss out on that because it's well, just like, Hey, I want to tell you I'm right. And, and I, you know, I'm going to yeah. be, tell you why I'm right. I'm going to tell you why this guy sucks. I'm going to tell you why this dealership sucks. I'm going to, and, and it's, it's, it's a very fine line between constructive and destructive, you know, and, that's what makes those conversations so great is you just realize, Hey man, this guy's just trying to get it done. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an interesting place to find them too. And you use the word, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, professionalism, you know, part of the person that's asking the questions is the one that really comes across that he's, they're the most in tune with what's going on. So uh, it is very respectful when you talk to somebody and they ask you questions back, you know, it, it, I like that. You're absolutely right. It's cool. It, usually, as we've said, an internal dialogue between us is who, whoever thinks that they're the smartest in the room. If you're the one asking the questions, you don't come off like you're the smartest in the room. You're there yeah. to learn. Yeah, no. And, and look, we, we talk to so many different people. And, and now this hyper clean world is growing more than we thought, quicker than we thought, because of all the support. But these you get on certain phone calls and you go, man, that, that guy's headed places. And it isn't because he said necessarily something smart. It's because of how he carried himself during the conversation, knew when to ask a question, knew what he didn't know. You know, we're, you and I are really big about that. People would be pretty shocked at how many times we pick up the phone and reach out to a provider of, of one of ours and say, Hey, let me bounce a question off of you. I mean, matter of fact, you know, let's share this, this part of our, our little world. You know, we had a vendor we had very high hopes for and his phone etiquette and the way he acts as, as, as a salesperson, as a representative has really cost him and his company, right? That's how important those phone calls can be is like, you use the word professionalism. This guy had to deliver a lot of bad news to us over the last six months. He never did it up front. And he never did it asking us how he could help. He never, he never asked a question. He was tr a struggle to get a hold of. And like you said, man, you talked to, to, to your guy and you're pumped up and you're like, man, I'm so glad I got on this phone call. 12 hours before that, you and I are on a phone call. Like, God, I hate talking to this dude. Like that's, and it was a fine line. It wasn't like somebody was a better person than the other person. They just knew how to interact in a phone conversation. So you ever watch that movie pursuit of happiness, Will Smith. It's an interesting yeah. show. We watched that this weekend. It really made me think of, uh, well, the journey, right? See, he's all excited. There's a lot of people that get excited. as They start going, but you know, our journeys don't always end up 
absolutely perfect post that was very interesting for Dustin Stanley to make and very well respected that that he did make it was a post in the uh, detail specialist group of showing his new trailer that he got that now he's got some problems, right? Like things do happen. Things go astray. I One of my big ones that set me back for a little bit, not only uh, took me some time to get back and going, but it, it really took me some time to get off the highway was, well, Dustin, very almost similar thing with a, uh, a van that I had bought, would decked it out with chemicals and had a rear differential problem. I thought somebody had fixed it, got some work done, but I go to, you know, you, you're coming on the highway and you got to get sped up. And right as I get over to that lane, I hear, you know, a rear diff you can hear is back there. And it sounds like a whistle. And then it got, uh-oh. So I have to, I can't get back over to the right side. I have to get my van over to the left side because now I'm in that middle lane and I'm sitting there on a major highway and I think I'd started out a little bit before rush hour. So then rush hour hits and I'm at rush hour on the side of the highway and cars and trucks and vans, everything is blasting by me. Yeah. And it took hours, hours to get somebody to come get a tow. Man, have you found yourself in a place where something happened to a vehicle that you thought wasn't going to happen and you got sideways somewhere and you got an issue? Dude, I, you know, you know, this just recently happened to me. Family vehicle had less than 50,000 miles on it and we start having issues. And basically what we have is we have the uh, ECM going out which is like the computer that runs everything. Thought it was the alternator and the battery had them replaced. Wasn't that now that now the car's like flickering. It won't turn on even with the brand new battery, all kinds of crazy stuff, but then it'll start randomly. So anyway, I'm like, Hey, we got to get rid of this thing. Cause we can't get an ECM from Subaru. It was a Subaru. We couldn't get an ECM from Subaru and no answer when we were going to be able to get one dealership corporate, I mean, now it's disabled. I'm on eBay trying to find a part like, dude, it's, it's just wild. So yeah, I bring the, the vehicle to work. It drives here. No problem. I am going to trade it in within an hour. I'm I, we already picked the car. I'm like, Hey, we got this car. I'll go to this guy. No, we'll get rid of it. I just need this thing to last the next 15 minutes on the road. I get on the freeway it's 9 a.m in vegas get on the freeway i'm on the on-ramp the car starts act flashing the 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 whole like circuit board starts flashing at me i'm on the freeway now the power steering goes out okay this is what three weeks ago i get it i yank the car off it's now shutting down like it's there's no gas to it no power no nothing i'm on tropicana just like a little bit west of the strip at this point. You know how busy that area is, anything around the strip. And I'm just stopped in the middle of the road as far as I could get. Flashers won't turn on, none of that. Have a trooper roll up on me while I'm sitting there. It's 115 out here, 115 freaking degrees. So I'm just burning up. Guy goes, oh, why don't you have your lights on? Is this your car? I'm like, no, dude, I'm just sitting in the car sweating nuts because I want to sit here with the car. Yeah, it's my car. Is it a rental? I said, why would this be a rental? Because Nevada plates, it looks like it's my car. 
whatever. Took the tow truck two hours to get to me, 115 degree heat, no water. And I took it to my buddy's mechanic shop right down the street. Once I got a tow, we got it rigged up, went and sold it for more than we bought it for. This is how crazy the car market is. Got a check and went and bought the car that she wanted for our family. Boy, it was a hell of a run there for about four or five hours. I thought I was like, oh, fuck, I'm stuck with this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to have to track down an ECM. What a disaster. I'm MF and everything. But, yeah, I was just broken down. I didn't expect that to happen. I mean, it's car barely has any miles. I just put a new battery and an alternator in it. I mean, no, I didn't. It think happens, it right? Dude, and it's the worst feeling. Yeah. People are honking at you like you want to sit in the middle of the road. Yeah. That's the, that, those are the people that crack oh, me no. up. I had somebody drive by, honk, go around, flip me off. It's 115. I'm sweating. Dude, do you think I want to be broken down here? If I could have found a way to get this somewhere, don't you think I would have picked anywhere but here? But with yeah. six, I mean, dude, I got six trucks. I got, I mean, we're always dealing with a did, belt coming off. I mean, all kinds of nonsense. Did you stay in your car? Or did you get out? I had to stay. So I did kind of both. I would get out when it would get super hot in the car. I tried to leave the door open. So people, cause I was kind of in the rightish lane. So nobody could really get by my right door. So, and because of where I was, nobody could go fast, but if somebody's going fast and I try to get beyond a guardrail or something, you know, if I'm on the freeway or whatnot, because we got in a real serious accident, you know, my, uh, I don't know, two or three years ago, we got in a real, somebody hit us going 80. Uh, we were coming back from a vacation and we were on the side of the road and I made sure Jess got up over the guardrail on the freeway. You know, I didn't stay in it in that, but this one's a little different. Nobody could really go that fast. So there wasn't a bunch of danger staying in the car. What about what's your move? Yeah, I stayed in the car too. I mean, it was hot. Fortunately, my engine still works so I could do AC. I just couldn't oh, really yeah, move. So I, I have any of that. Yeah, there was wow, no you way broke down. I, you had a high class breakdown. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like I I've, I've always said, I've driven by people that are broken down. They're sitting outside and I'm like, boy, I never do that. I always, if I can stay in that AC, I just stay in the AC. Now I get it. If you're someplace where somebody could hit you and your life's in danger, you're right. You don't want to stay in the car, but whew. Man. all right. So speaking of cars, curious, cause you know, Dave and I were talking last week and he's from your neck of the woods. And I know you, ventured off to unfortunately become a Buckeye. It's a sad feeling for, for you. I know it was a yeah. rough day to accept that, but yeah. uh, when you did and you showed up as a freshman, they're uh, wet behind the ears and ready to go. What did you drive? What, what was your car, your car to go to college? It was a Jeep Wrangler, huh? And it was in rough shape, like just not a nice one, like just not a nice one. And uh, you know, winters in Ohio, not great for the Jeep especially the old square headlight Jeep with basically nothing on the floor, you know, no carpeting. I mean, it was great for the summer. I mean, you know, great to, to pick someone up in, in the summer. Hey, you know, want to go on a date? Oh, I got this cool Jeep. Not cool in the winter, really not cool in the winter, but you know, look, it was four wheel drive. I, I had that going for me, but yeah, no, that was, that, that was my deal. So for me, uh, my deal was, the uh, the big old boat that's in my garage right now. It was a, also a Jeep, but it was a Jeep Wagoneer. And I drove that to school at first, but just while my dad was finishing a paint job on a Bronco too. 
And you so, go, wait, I didn't know your dad was in the body shop. He wasn't. My yeah. dad created a body shop experience <laughs> <laughs> in my parents' garage. And I remember coming home. I'm pretty sure it was at like Thanksgiving or fall break or something. I made it home like one time early. And I remember seeing like plastic sheets up in the, uh, in the, in the garage and he was finishing up and he had to do a little bit of little small, little bit of body work to it. But then he, he wanted to design, I, I know it's popular now. Do you ever buy anything off wish the wish app? Oh no, I never did. I haven't either. I heard it's cool though, because you can buy stuff that looks like Nike, but it's not Nike. Right. Well, my dad had that same idea, which is, I guess it's interesting that my sister buys so much off wish app and that's how I know about it. Right. <laughs> She, she got it from my dad. So my dad didn't just paint the Bronco two, just a normal Bronco two color. He did it patterned after the old Eddie Bauer design with that two tone. Oh, yeah. It's like, Hey, let me give you the Eddie Bauer Bronco too. Hell yeah, dad. It just didn't have that little symbol or anything down at the bottom. Right. Or, or that comfortable leather or yeah. any of that stuff that made it an Eddie Bauer. Yeah, I didn't have any of that either, but God damn it, I sure looked like I was driving a Bronco to Eddie Bauer. And I, I think I took, he, he showed back up, uh, so they would come every once in a while to a football game and uh, he showed up one time and I got to pick it up from him after a football game. And I remember walking out of the dorm and seeing and just went, looks, looks great, dad. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Like you got up a little closer and you go, dad, uh, Okay, th you just got to say thanks, right? Like, yeah, yeah, because now you just can't be ungrateful, right? Like this is, it's like a bad Christmas gift. Like you literally just want to throw it in the trash, but hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I was happy. You know. It was, it was yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, it was a Bronco too. It was fun. We literally, uh, uh, that next summer, there's this place here that you, you we found this little ramp inside of a, uh, uh, you know, one of those big shopping centers that just the way they had graded the concrete or something, there was just this little ramp. We, <laughs> we, we took as money as we could. And finally, one time I got up all four wheels out of the air. We don't know how far I went, but boy, there was a couple seconds where you're just like, Woo! <laughs> so, I mean, we, we got the job done on the old Bronco too, man. It was a blast. And it made me rethink a lot of uh, that nostalgia of why, why Ford then would come back out with that Bronco sport. And as I had it in last weekend, we had a Bronco sport come through, for a dad that had bought it for his daughter to go to school. So of course I'm like, hell yeah, I'm all in. I'll open up the door and you got the, you know, you, you got the design of the way they did the two screens and the rocks are rolling and then it forms this Bronco and you're like, hell yeah, let's do this. I sit down and pull it in. And I go, yeah, it's a lot like this Jeep that I just drove earlier from a customer bringing a Jeep by, but a Jeep was a little bit more comfortable than this bronco sport you start working on it and you know i didn't send you the uh the places that well i could literally still see a sand type area where parts of their panel hadn't gotten finished out and i i i don't know about you do you tell customers about that stuff because this guy just before had bug damage on his tesla and I, I told him about the bug damage, but he can't see it. I mean, it's at that bottom front part of that lower Tesla yeah, yeah. front bumper. And I'm looking at this guy and it's for his daughter and he, she had already wrecked it. And there was this part of the front bumper of her Bronco two that sport that 
he's like, man, it's months before we get this in. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's nothing really he can do about this sanding part of the door. They didn't. Yeah. You can see the difference in it, but he can't see it. Yeah. Th- I think do? the, que- I think the question becomes, you know, the type of customer situation yeah. you have with the customer. I don't want to get blamed for stuff. So we'll lean on the side of, I'm going to let you know, but I, if I don't think it's that big of a deal to the life of the car, I might say that, you know, we just had an Audi Q8. I shared on Saturday, the rims were burnt by degreaser. I kind of glossed over it. Once the guy said, Hey, I'm going to buy new rims. I want to get different rims in the car. It's like, okay, I'm not going to harp on this, but I want to let you know, we didn't do that. That's like, you know, we don't even actually spray rims like that. You know, we got our foamers and stuff. Now I'm like, you know, they just burn them out. Oh, what should I do? I don't know. Call Audi. You know, it's not, we didn't do it, but Audi's not going to really help you. So unless you want to have them refinish, just get your new rims and chalk it up. Uh, the reality is I just read the situation. Don't know. I mean, I, I try to tell everybody everything, but there are times I'm like, I just don't think this is relevant. And I didn't find it relevant. It's his daughter's going to school. He doesn't know what's there. Nobody knows it's there. It's not really causing any problems. The vehicle's completely operate. I mean, I didn't see a reason. I just, I was amazed. And I know you've had a bit of an issue with the way Ford's done their Bronco. There was Sport. also a part of the paneling where you could see where they, the, I just, I started to go, wow, this is such a nostalgia. It's a cool vehicle. I liked everything part of it, but then you, you see the way they're putting it together. And I just, I really scratched my head. Yeah. I mean, look, this is, this is car one one right now. So many of these nostalgic rebirths of vehicles have gone poorly. Uh, Bronco's a huge success because they can't keep them. Right. If you look at the big Bronco, it's become basically the new Jeep Wrangler. Right. And it's a, it's looked at by a higher class of buyer as, as a better Jeep Wrangler. So maybe this person wouldn't have bought a Jeep, but they'll buy a Bronco. Don't know why. Maybe it's the sticker price. I mean, you can, you can get up into the high seventies on Broncos. You got Bronco Raptor coming out. So, you know, Ford has done an unbelievable job with the Raptor brand. So, so many upper middle-class and high-class guys have driven the Raptor as a car daily driver, whatever. Uh, now they got a new Raptor R coming out. That's supposed to be insane, but I, the longer I'm with Bronco, the more flaws it shows. And I think the putting together of that car is, is right now subpar, the putting together, the fitting, the fit and finish, you got to get up pretty high in payment of uh, or, or purchase price of Bronco for it to feel really good. And that's a sad part to me. I'm with you, right? Like that's when we talked the other day, I kept talking about how great I liked it. You're like, Oh hell no, blah, blah, blah. And I'm yeah, like Bronco sport, by the way, I mean, Bronco sport, I don't find anything redeemable. The more I started working on it, the more I just go, wow. That like, and, and our neighbor came over, got in it, you know, he's like, Hey, let me, you know, he hadn't really been up close to see one. He sat down in it. His first words out of his mouth, he goes, she's pretty much like a Ford Escape. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like what, what you know, Jeep Renegade or, you know, Jeep Liberties or whatever. It, I don't know why that everyone feels like they got to screw this up, but this to me is like the worst segment of cars. This size SUV 
you can't name me five that you're like, man, those are really badass. It's always like, you know, BM one or BMW X one and X two. You're like, Oh, those are kind of chintzy. You know, it's like, I know why they build them. Cause they sell right. Bronco sport sells these smaller SUVs sell, but for a guy like us guys, of detail and you get in, you go, God, I just wouldn't spend my money on this. Like nobody that works on cars gets in Bronco sport and goes, man, this is awesome. They did a really great job. Like it just doesn't happen, which is unfortunate because it's like, then just build Bronco. You know what I mean? Like you guys did this and, and I get it. You just want to rip people off, but it's just so bad. It's so much plastic and it's so rickety sounding. And when you shut the door, it sounds cheap. It, it just, none of it's good to me. I, I, I just, I can't get behind it. All right. So you got, uh, you got a little bit of coin in your pocket. It doesn't jingle. It folds and you got two choices, a Jeep or a Bronco. What are you doing? Which way, which direction are you going? Because the more you mentioned earlier about, you know, this comparison and I, listen, I drive down the road and sometimes I almost get mixed up between them all. They, oh yeah. They're taking the Bronco, the full size Bronco, and they literally trying to mirror everything that you can about a Jeep. But what's the differences between the two? I mean, is the Bronco going to be able to withstand the, the environments? Can you have that top off on the Bronco and not get the damage that you can on a Jeep? Well, you know, do they make well, it that far? Yeah. I mean, look, there's no doubt. Like when you get into the wild tracks edition, you know, Sasquatch edition Broncos better, right? I mean, the top end of Broncos better than the top end of Jeep overall, probably through the line. Jeep is more impressive. Meaning their Wrangler line is more impressive than the whole Bronco line, but the very tip top of Bronco is still better than the top of Wrangler, meaning it's ceiling is higher. Um, but the floor is way lower on Bronco. Like when you get a bad Bronco, it's bad where Jeep has kind of been doing the same thing for so long. And look, because Jeep didn't evolve, they opened up the door for Bronco. Remember everybody was begging Jeep to make a bigger engine Jeep. They kept saying, Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Magically. You didn't get the bigger engine until Bronco came out. Then they're like, Oh, all of a sudden we got the 392, uh, you know, VA. It's like, well, no, dude. Guys have literally been asking for that since I owned Jeeps 20 years ago. Everybody wanted the Jeep to be more powerful because everybody that's never owned a Jeep needs to understand driving Jeeps on a freeway is not enjoyable. It, it, it It's a flat, you know, uh, windshield. It gets blown all over the place. It rattles and it's slow. So it, it it's loud, slow, and not fun. So everybody knew Wrangler had a blind spot. And that's why Jeep, that's why Jeep just doesn't have the ceiling that Bronco has because Bronco is pretty stout on the top end, but they've done a poor job on everything else. So mine would be, I would get a wild tracks Bronco. I would do it upright, right from the factory. I've seen some Broncos with aftermarket stuff. I've yet to see one that I go, that's really badass. Obviously, they're just changing the fender flares and real simple stuff now. Okay. I still think straight from the factory is the best ones I've seen. All right. So back to, I watched this movie this weekend, Pursuit of Happiness. And let's finish out on this. I, I, I really am curious about this. Right. If, if those of you remember the movie, and if not, go watch it because it's worth it. If those of you that are in a journey, in a climb, you know, it, it is interesting. When it first came out, it was very emotional. 
when I watched it this time, I wasn't emotional. I looked at his process and everything that was going on. I was like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have sold stuff that way. Yeah, I wouldn't have wouldn't have done worn those clothes. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. Right. Like you can kind of start going, hmm, there's there's a little bit of the journey that right. Like you have to start as many people say you got to start elevating yourself in a sense. Or there's some people that say, well, you actually have to reinvent yourself. You've heard that like the most successful people usually always reinvent themselves. So I'm curious from you, I, I, I'd like to know this answer, because the more we think about professionalism, the more we think about, you know, this journey that we're all on together. If somebody is not professional, right, as you and I know that we can talk to somebody, and we go, boom, I, that guy's a professional person, but somebody might go, well, I'm, I don't know if I'm professional. I don't think I used to be professional. My, you know, talking about, you know, the, the, in the movie, the character, one of the things he did was he always, he dressed poorly a lot of times. I, you know, I, I dressed poorly quite a bit because I'd be cleaning cars and then have to run, go do something else, run to, I might have, you know, tire shine stains, or I might have, you know, my fingernails were always dirty because I, I just, I didn't wear gloves. <laughs> you know, I mean, is what it is, you know, or you'd wipe your hands on your pants and you know, I'd, I'd run, go do something afterwards. And I was just, I didn't look very professional. Right. If somebody wants to kind of elevate themselves and change, how do, how do we even go about doing that? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, you learn, right? I mean, professionalism is paying attention. Watch what's going on around you. Watch, you know, what companies do that you interact with that are, you know, like, Hey man, I had a great, whatever. I had a great experience at such and such when I went and buy it, bought this. I, I think professionalism is a learned skill. It's not something any of us are born with. Right. I mean, it's not, it's not like something that was really talked about in college or talked about in high school or, you know, it wasn't discussed that way. I think there are people that catch on. And I think there are people that don't, I mean, you and I always make jokes about things that people do on Facebook or things that people do on Instagram or whatever the case may be. I think it's a little bit of everything. Again, it goes back to, you know, kind of the phone conversation thing. I mean, you and I have so many conversations and the guys that are professional are usually the guys that are asking a lot of questions. And then when you ask them a question, they have a thoughtful answer. See, one of the things I think we kind of don't really talk about too often is, you know, and I want to say this on, on our behalf here, professionalism is not dodging tough stuff. It's understanding how to have tough conversations in a way where, yeah, some people may be upset you're talking about it, but nobody's like, wow, he's, you know, he's just an unprofessional idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. That that's where people get wrong. Professionalism. A lot of times people think is political correctness and it's not, it's how do you do the tough stuff? Those tough situations. How do you do those things? You know, how do you handle a customer that's mad, right? That's where your professionalism shines because it's easy when somebody's yelling at you to just yell back. And that's not going to get you anywhere. And that's not going to be considered professional. It's not professional. They're raising their voice, but your professionalism is going to bring that down in a way that allows you to have success in that, in that exchange. Right? Like that's, that's how it works. So I was like you, man, I don't think I was real great at it and I'm not, I'm still learning every day, but I, I think more than anything, it's paying attention. You know, what am yeah, I doing? What are people well, doing? You, you've had to, you know, you've had to personally come through a couple of things, right? You've had yeah. to, you've had to take a moment where you began to look at a, a personal characteristic that you needed to change. 
hundred percent, dude. So I had, what it, I if we're going to take that time to dive in and look at our own selves, what does it take then to, to look back up and go, okay, I need to make this change. Oh, it's horrible. It's, 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 it's a horrible experience because it's, you know, the stuff that's bad about you, right? Like I knew five minutes into owning my company, my temper was an issue. My temper wasn't an issue. Like I screamed and yelled at people, but I would like get flustered and it would cloud my decision-making at times I'd raise my voice at times I'd get like that, but it affected everything. I mean, it, it just did. And facing the things that you think are horrible about yourself is not fun, but if you're going to go to the next level, it's what's got to be done. Like you got to be, because if you don't address your weaknesses, you're never going to get over them and they're going to just keep dragging you down. Right. I I've heard people say this, concentrate on your strengths and forget about your weaknesses. Right. I think your buddy Gary V is real big about that. Okay. <laughs> Here's what's crazy about Gary V. If you actually pay attention, his message is wildly different today than it was three or four years ago. Wildly different. Everybody should flip everything. Now he's getting on the mic and he's going, Hey, if you're a teacher, be a teacher. Oh, it's like, wow. What did he do? He realized it wasn't working. He started falling on deaf ears. He started to realize that maybe he wasn't being as honest and truthful as he could be. And now he's gone down a different direction. Same with us or my temper when I was first in business. Like, dude, if you don't address it, that shit's over. Like, it's going to haunt you in your business all the time. And it happens at Hyperclean. You know, you and I have learned to delegate things that we know we're not going to be good at. So if you don't start being honest with yourself, and I had a few conversations earlier about this, if you don't start being honest about what you're about to do and what the realities of that decision are and where you may be good at it, where you may be bad, you're never going to get out of your own way. So, I mean, facing that kind of stuff is tough, man. It, it was, it's not easy. Like it, it's not at all. <laughs> no it's not <laughs> no i mean dude it's horrible that's the thing like people want to tell you it's great like oh when you fit no dude it's horrible i mean it, it's like a constant prostate exam it's it's not easy it's horrible and and but you got to do it right because it's like you don't want to be you don't want to be that guy right you don't want to be that person that blows your company up because you don't face that you have this or that that you aren't good at and the good thing is now it's never been easier to delegate hire an outside company to do your accounting or your books, right? You don't, you're not good at your finances. Well then hire somebody because now you can hire remote people. Somebody doesn't have to come work for you. You can hire a contractor. You know what I mean? Like this all goes together of just admitting what you're good at and what you're not and what you need to fix and what you don't. Constant prostate exam. Dude, you know what I mean? Hey, that's going to go right there on a t-shirt next to that'll buff out. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Dude, it's, I don't know. I mean, maybe everybody else doesn't have that, but it, it was, I, had I don't know that I've it. had a constant prostate exam. Well, I haven't had one of those, but I got to imagine it's not great. <laughs> oh, Nick, thanks so much, man. <laughs> All right, bro. Week. You too, man. You guys, you guys stay out, out of the doctor's office after that. <laughs> uh, hey, this is Marshall. And you know, I don't, ex don't, please don't get a constant prostate exam. <laughs> but something that I did 
that I'm going to encourage you. This might be out of the box for you, but I many times would pause and I'd look at myself in the rear view mirror and I'd tell myself that I could do it. There's something about subconsciously telling yourself and looking at yourself in the eye. And, you know, there's some people that say hocus pocus, it magically happens. It doesn't magically happen for me. It literally took me months and months and months of continually reminding myself of looking myself in the eye, telling myself what I was going to do better, how I was going to grow and how I was going to continue to achieve. So, you know, you can go get a prostate exam or, you know, dive into the mirror and try and figure yourself out. But either way, I hope you make it a great day. And here's to your journey. Here's to your climb. Here's to you being hungry.